So we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into the Word of God. Did you bring your Bibles tonight? All of us, not just those students in Samoa, all of us have destiny. All of us have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose for your life. Did you know that? I know that you do. Every one of us are called to be fishers of men. We are ambassadors and we are anointed to preach. What are we anointed to preach? The good news. What are we anointed to carry? Carry the love of God. Carry the power of God. Carry the compassion of God to a hurting, dying, sighing humanity. And I know that we have the CIA in here tonight. We have the youth in here tonight. And I'm glad that you're in here. I'm glad you got to see what God is doing in other parts of the world. But you know, God's got a plan for your life. God's got something for you to do. I mean, no, many of you are getting ready to go back to school. And as you go back to school, you need to go with the attitude of, I am an ambassador on assignment. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I've got the message of hope. I don't know. I don't care how young children are. There are children that don't have hope. There are youth that don't have hope for a future. They don't think that their life amounts to anything. They don't think anybody cares about them. But when you young person, when you know Jesus, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, he is, his anointing is up on you. It doesn't mean that you're going to stand up in the classroom and start screaming out in tongues and, you know, start prophesying to everybody. Everybody, but we are the light of the world. And that means wherever you go, you have the light. No matter how dark it might be, you might be sitting in a classroom and they might be saying, you know, that we came from apes. Well, I did not come from an ape. And I, by the way, I don't even like the planet of the apes. Those guys are mean. <laughs> Pastor was saying, what about planet of the apes? I said, they need to stay on their own planet. This is our planet. We didn't come from apes. You might be sitting in a classroom and hearing stuff that's contrary to the word of God. But don't, you know, you don't want to cause a commotion. But it's all right for you to witness. It's all right for you to tell your friends, hey, I know where we really came from. We came from almighty God. He's the creator of the universe. And I know him personally. Glory to God. God's going to use you, young people. God's going to use you, children. God's going to use you, 80-year-old. We are all ambassadors on assignment. And this world is rocking and this world is reeling because there's not a whole lot of time left. You can see that we are at the end of this age. Matthew 24, 14 in the Amplified, it tells us this. And this good news... There it is again. What is this gospel? What is it known as? Good news. This gospel that we preach is good news. It's not bad news. It's not gloom, despair, and agony. It's not that there's no hope. This is good news. And this gospel 
good news that we preach, listen to this, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Yes, the islands of the South Pacific will hear the good news before the end comes. But what about your family? What about your neighborhood? What about your place of employment? What about your school? That's a part of the earth. That's a part of the world that needs to hear the gospel. And it's not going to happen by just preachers standing up in their pulpit preaching. It's going to happen by believers taking on that call and that passion and being a believer, being a disciple, being a follower of Christ. And tonight we want to look at some of the original fishers of men. That's what you are. That's what we are. We are fishers of men. And we want to look at the day that Jesus called 12 of his disciples. Did you know out of the 12 disciples, many of them were literally fishermen. That was their occupation. That was their Business, And I think that Jesus called them because it was just such a great analogy that you've been catching natural fish, but now you're going to catch men. You're going to be fishers of men. So actually Jesus, um, I like this. He said to, to them in Matthew four nineteen. before we look at our other scripture, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, let's turn over to Luke chapter 5. That's where we're going to center in on tonight. Luke chapter 5. We'll look at these scriptures out of the King James. Just because I I like the way that they read there. Luke chapter 5. We'll begin in verse 1. Look look at your neighbor and say, you're a fisherman. Fisher of men. I'll be your and it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake, uh, Genezareth, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. I love these stories in the Bible. You know, they're not made up. They really happened. And every time you read them, you see something new. I've been reading these Bible stories. I've been hearing these Bible stories since I was a baby. But as I was reading this yesterday, I saw some things I hadn't ever seen before. The Word of God is alive. And it's powerful. And never have the attitude. Ah, I've heard that before. Oh, they're going to talk about that again. Ah, la, la, la. The word will always minister life. If we'll have receptive hearts and have ears to hear. So when I was reading this, I thought, you know, this is interesting. Jesus knew it was Simon's boat that he got into. 
And for all of you that don't know, Simon later became Peter. He was one and the same. Simon Peter will refer to him. So you know who we're talking about. Jesus knew that it was his boat that he was getting into. And what I saw yesterday is I believe that Jesus went to Peter's boat because it was a test of obedience. He wanted to see if Peter would give him what he had. If Peter would obey him and let him use his boat. So what happened? Simon Peter gave him what he had. He gave him his best for Jesus to use. And as far as we know, this was his first encounter with Jesus. He may have heard of him. He may have heard people talking about what Jesus was doing. But he had never met him before. And this happened on a time when it was not probably the best for Peter's flesh. Simon Peter had been out fishing all night. And it wasn't a good outing. They hadn't caught anything. They bring their boats into shore and they're tired. They're hungry. They didn't catch any fish. So they didn't have any fish to eat. They're tired. They're hungry. I'm sure he was ready to go to the house. And who's this guy? Jesus shows up and says, hey, I want to use your boat. Will you roll out so I can preach to this congregation? He could have said, you know what? It's been a long night. Use somebody else's boat. But I think Jesus was looking at his heart. Jesus was saying, will he obey me in this request? Jesus is looking for people who will hear and obey. Who will hear his word and obey it. Why is that? Because when we are a hearer. And when we obey, when we are not just hearers, but we are doers of the word, guess what? He can bless us. Guess what? He can do wonderful things in our lives. So he was looking for that in Peter's life. And just think about this as well. When Jesus said, I want to use your boat to launch out here. And so I can teach this multitude. Simon Peter looked around. There were, I don't know, but there was a lot of people that were following Jesus. There were so many. That's why he had to get out into the sea so that he could turn around and preach to all of them and they could see him. So when Peter saw what was going on there, I'm sure he had the thought, wow, how long is this going to take? You know, he'd heard about Jesus, but he didn't know. He, I'm sure, had the thought, this is not going to be a little 15 minute sermonette we might be here a while but you know what he yielded and jesus began to teach and i really believe this because of what jesus taught that day simon peter he heard his word he heard the sermon that jesus preached this day and that's why we have the rest of the story Look at verse 4. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. 
Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. He'd already obeyed the first request to have Jesus use his boat. And now here's another opportunity to heed and to obey the word of Jesus. And I really believe it's because of what Jesus taught in that boat that Simon said, nevertheless. At your word, I'm going to do what you request. He could have had the attitude, well, Jesus, you know, that was a fine sermon you just preached. I really enjoyed hearing that. You're a great teacher. Go ahead and teach. But Jesus, I'm the fisherman. Me and my associates, we've been toiling all the night. We know these waters here, Jesus. We've been here and we've been there. We know where the fish congregate and the fish ain't congregating. The fish have swam away. So you just keep on teaching and we'll keep on fishing. That could have been his attitude. You know what? Because he was the professional fisherman. He could have spoken up and said, no, I'm not going to listen to you. No, you don't know what you're talking about. But Jesus' sermon had touched his heart. That's why we have that phrase, nevertheless, at your word. And that ought to be our attitude. When things are not looking like they need to be looking, when the body's not feeling like it should be feeling, and all these thoughts are coming against your mind. If you were here this morning, we know what we're going to do with those thoughts. We're going to cast them down. We're going to rise up and we're going to say, I'm not taking that thought. Nevertheless, your word. I'm going to go with your list, Father. I'm going to go with what the Word says. That's what Peter did that day. And because of his obedience, we know what happened. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Here it is again. What was Jesus doing? He was using what Simon Peter had given him. He was using his obedience. He was using his faith in his word. And he was using his boat. What? The tool. That's what Simon had. And he gave it to Jesus. Why? He was doing that to show him his ability, his willingness to bless and to multiply and to fill The empty boat. Jesus wants to fill your boat. If your life is empty, you ought to have the attitude, nevertheless, at your word, Jesus, I'm going to come to you and I know you can fill my boat. You can mend a broken life. You can cause my relatives to get born again. Hallelujah. You satisfy the hungry. There was something In Simon Peter, he was hungry for the truth. He was hungry. His spirit was crying out. And Jesus recognized that hunger. That's why he went to him. That's why he used his boat. And he's saying, okay, because you gave me something to bless, Simon, I'm going to bless you back abundantly. I heard a statement this week by a man of God, and oh, it just stuck in my heart. He said, move what you have toward him so he can move what you need toward you. You ought to write that down. Move what you have 
toward him so he can move what you need toward you. Simon Peter moved what he had toward Jesus. He gave Jesus his boat. He said, okay, master, use my boat to preach the gospel. And as a result of that, Jesus did something with his boat. Give Jesus your best seed. He takes that seed to meet your need. God's the one that instituted the law of seed time and harvest. When it comes to sowing your finances, it's not about the amount, it's about your best. What's your best? Are you tithing? Are you giving over and above your tithe? Give him your best seed. Give him your best time. Give him quality time. Serve the Lord with joy and gladness. Pray for people. Pray for the lost. Get involved in meeting someone else's need. Move what you have toward him so he can move what you need toward you. Give God something to work with. Give him a seed. Give him prayer. We've got some opportunities coming up here in this church. We always have opportunities, but we've got a big backpack outreach coming up on August the 27th. And I know many of you, you you have needs in your own life, but move something that you have toward God. Give something that you have for somebody else towards meeting somebody else's need. If you can only go and buy a pack of pencils, go buy a pack of pencils in the name of the Lord and say, God, this is my best seed. And not only go and buy a pack of pencils, but you X off that date on your calendar and you come down here and you paint those little kids' faces with face paint. You serve them hot dogs. You man the jumping thing. Give of yourself. Give what you can give to meet somebody else's need and God will see to it that your need gets met. It's a law, folks. He put it into operation. It's called give and it shall be given unto you. And of course that involves finances, but it's not just about finances. Give quality time give your time your talent and your treasures i'm not getting a lot of amens but it's so done the less we are called to be fishers of men we are called to give the love of god to other people we are called to serve in the nursery to serve in cia look at it like this you say well i don't have that much money to give to the church then sign up to serve give of your time think of it like this you might be serving over there in the nursery and there
there might be a single mom that just happened to drive by. And we've had this happen many times. It happened to drive by. She's hurting. Her husband just left her. She's got little kids. Doesn't know what she's going to do. She comes into church on Sunday morning and she finds out, wow, you've got a nursery. Wow, you've got a children's ministry. My kids can go in there in a safe place in an environment where they can be loved on, where they can be taught about Jesus. And I can come and sit in a service and not be distracted and hear the gospel. And I can get born again. I can get filled with the Holy Ghost. I can get healed in my body. I can hear about restoration. Yes, folks, that happens. Amen. All the time. All the time. It's no small thing to give a seed of service. It's no small thing to give a seed of prayer. God takes those seeds that we sow and he meet, he uses those seeds to meet needs in our life. Move what you have Toward him so he can move what you need towards you. Give him a seed. Now, this is what happened on that day. And this is what will happen in your life. Simon Peter obeyed God. Simon Peter acted on his word. And this is the result. Let's look at verse 6. And when they had this done, They enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both ships so that they began to sink. Woo! Wouldn't you like to have that happen in your life? A net breaking boat sinking harvest. Woo! That's what God wants to do. He's no respecter of persons. He wants to give you a net breaking boat sinking harvest. And you know what the cool thing about this is? It didn't just sink Peter's boat, but Peter had some associates. Peter had some business partners and he had to call them over because there was so much fish in his boat. You know what? When you get in your place, when you start giving God your best and the windows of heaven are opened up unto you because you are a tither and you are a giver. And if we even have Rosetta, even though the economy might not be looking good, if you by if you are tithing and you are giving, you are in position for a net breaking boat sinking harvest to the degree woo, to the degree that people that are affiliated with you, maybe business partners, maybe family members, people that are connected to you. God wants to bless you so much that they get blessed. Hallelujah. So much happening. So many fish. They had to call 
their associates. He had to call his partners over to help. Hallelujah. When we obey God and his goodness and his abundance show up in our lives, not only are we blessed, but it is a witness and it is a testimony to our family and to our friends. Hallelujah. That God is a good God. Once again, youth, once again, CIA, when you go to school and you declare, I got the mind of Christ. I got the wisdom of God and you get good grades on all your tests and you're just a witness guess what your friends are going to take set up and take notice what's different about you it's the favor of God it's the goodness of God on my life hallelujah the Bible goes on here in this story and it says all those with him were astonished All those with them, that multitude that Jesus had been preaching to, all those fishermen, because it wasn't just Simon Peter that had been fishing. That's what they did. They fished at night. All these fishermen were sitting around, mending their nets. All of them saw what the Lord did in their life. They knew they had seen a miracle. And you know who you know who else was greatly impacted? Look at verse 10. And so was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners. They were partners with Simon in this fishing business. So their boat got filled with fishes. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. From henceforth that shall catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. That one miracle, that one provisional miracle caused Simon Peter, James, and John to say, I'm going to follow him. It became more than just nevertheless at his word, I'm going to put down the net. It became nevertheless at his word, I'm going to follow him. I want to hear more about what this guy's got to say. I want to see more of what he's doing. And you know who Peter, James, and John were? They became his inner circle. They were the disciples that Jesus loved them. They loved him wherever he went. He put the rest of them out. Peter, James, and John were close to him. I believe it has something to do with this day. They caught a glimpse of how much he loved them. How much he believed in what they were doing. Because they gave him what they had. And he filled it up to overflowing. And we don't know what was happening that day. Simon Peter may have had a huge industry, a huge fishing industry. He might have had a note on the boat. But because of that overflowing blessing that day, there was no note left on the boat. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't leave leave them with any unpaid bills. He knew they were going to follow him that day. They were going to forsake all. So what did he do? He heaped on the boat. So if they had any debt, if they had any partners, they were well taken care of for a long time because of the catch that day. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one who's more than enough. 
Jesus is the one who wants to fill your boat. It's time to go fishing. Are you ready to give Jesus your boat? He's ready to fill it up. Fill it up with what? He wants to fill it up with the harvest of souls. Are you believing for family members? Are you believing for friends? Are you believing for people here in the Bay Area to come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the kind of fish that he wants us to fish for. He wants us to be fishers of men so that wherever we go, we see people that need him. And we follow that unction. We follow that love of God on the inside of us. We pass them out of track. We just smile at them. We just say, Jesus loves you, whatever it is. But we are aware of the fish out there that need Jesus. He wants to fill this church with a harvest from the Bay Area. This boat, Heart of the Bay Christian Center, he wants it filled to overflowing with people that need to know him. Jesus wants to fill your boat. He wants to fill your boat with health. Got, got any kind of sickness or disease coming against your body. He wants to touch your life. Fill your boat with health. He wants to fill your boat with prosperity. Hallelujah. He is the God who is more than enough. Sow your seed. Many of you have been sowing your seed. I'm looking at your faces. I don't know what people give, but I know that you're givers. And many of you have faithfully been sowing your seed for many years. God's taken that seed. Use your faith. Water that seed and say, okay, Lord, I've given you what I have. I've moved what I have towards you. I've placed it in your hand. I've given you my best seed. Now, I thank you, Lord. You're taking that seed to meet my need. Hallelujah. And I'm expecting abundance. How many of you are expecting a harvest? What kind of a harvest are you expecting? Are you expecting a good harvest? Are you expecting an overflowing harvest? Are you declaring, I'm getting my lands, I'm getting my buildings, I'm getting my promotions, I'm getting raises, I'm getting unexpected income. I got the favor of the Lord that is encompassed round about me. Whatever my hand touches prospers in the name of Jesus. The windows of heaven are open unto me. Glory to God. He's pouring out such a blessing that I cannot contain it. Let Jesus fill your boat. If your boat is empty, if things had been stolen from you, he's the God of restoration. It's time to go fishing. Name your fish. Fish can be souls. Fish can be health. Fish can be finances. Go fishing for whatever you need. And where are the fish? The fish are in the water. Jesus told Simon Peter, launch out into the deep. Another place he says, launch out into the deep. Let the shoreline go. Fish are not sitting on the bank. 
contrary to what my brother said. Yesterday, Ricky put on Facebook that it was so hot in Oklahoma that the catfish were sitting under the shade tree with a canteen of water. He was having to take them water. But that's not true. Fish are in the water. Launch out into the deep. And that doesn't mean weird, flaky, strange kind of stuff. But the only thing that's in shallow water, we saw this even when we were just, you know, I don't go out deep in the ocean. But when we were on the shore of the ocean, little minnows, little teeny fish at the shore, little tadpoles at the shore. But if you want a big fish, you got to get out there. You got to launch out into the deep. What does that mean? That means you got to get in the flow. Get in the river. You're going to catch what you need in the water. Follow Jesus' word. He knows where the fish are. And he knows how to catch them. And he'll show you. Hallelujah. Let him fill your boat. Let's go fishing. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight.